Welcome to another episode of the Awareness Advantage Podcast, where leaders who are good at getting stuff done become great leaders to influence and inspire people. I'm your U.S. co-host and best-selling author, Kevin McCarthy, joined by my good friend, Canadian business partner, and best-selling author, Licky Labji. If you have not yet done so, click subscribe so you never miss an episode. And now, the Awareness Advantage Podcast. What's one thing that you want to do and have always wanted to do, but are afraid to, or something always gets in the way to do it? Quit my job. Okay. <laughs> so the topic today is going to be scarcity mindset. So let's go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's a good one, right, Steve? That's uh, well, our we don't want to be working as hard as we do, but yet we keep on going into work and doing it until. Well, when do we know our time is up? I guess that's that's maybe maybe when do we know our, and and maybe there's a deeper part to this question. When do we know what maybe one of our teammates or team members or whatever is time for them to move along, you know, like helping, you know, this is about us being aware, but also like if we're leading people. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, you know, I wonder if you've got kids, Steve, and uh, I know when I, you know, my kids as well, I always wanted to be their parent and worry about them and take care of them and, and protect them. And all of a sudden they come back and say, okay, I'm moving out. Uh, um, what do you mean? Well, yeah, you say yes, and then you're like, oh, no, you're not ready for it. And then all of a sudden they said, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. And then we give them the opportunity to do it. And it's no different in work. We think that our team members just maybe not ready because we're allowing that protection mechanism there all the time. And sometimes it's just my one left go. So that's one thing. Uh, micromanaging was a topic I put out this, this week on um, our podcast. That was a topic that engaged some conversation. And you know, along that line of micromanaging, I posted right after you, as a matter of fact, something from Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. And it said, replace expectation with appreciation and see the change. Yeah. He says, trade your expectations for appreciation and life changes immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that true though? Yeah, that is uh, pretty incredible. You know, when you're in sales, there's often a lot of pressure all the time. Push, 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 push. We can't really make our clients buy if they're not ready to buy. We can't break their arms or send Guido. All we can do is continue to develop our relationships and continue to seek new, like not not sit here and just expect the phone to ring that's that's not going to help so that is something that we can do but if we are constantly getting out and meeting people and developing relationships and keeping in contact we are really doing all that we can do and so this great expectation and the heavy-handedness leading into the micromanaging is also fruitless and all it does is cause so much stress on so many people. And it's really kind of a ridiculous way to lead. Uh, you're bang on, Sue. And you know what I'm hearing is that you want to build relationships and you do a good job at it. Allow that appreciation to be in place. But yet, with some structure and some guidance and coaching, 
and empowerment as opposed to micromanaging and saying, you're not doing a good enough job, get out there and sell, right? That could be coming from two different places from leadership, could be coming from a scarcity perspective, right? To be coming from a survivalist perspective, or they need to be part of a leadership program and know how to lead properly, right? So it, it could be all, all three. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's that's a scarcity mindset for sure. And I think uh, it happens a lot. Uh, sometimes people, you're just under a lot of stress and you, you have certain objectives that you want to meet, maybe as a sales leader, and you maybe you push too hard or you get, uh, you kind of fall into that scarcity mindset when you should be just building relationships and, and nurturing those relationships, I think. I think that's that's the important thing to remember when you find if you, if we find ourselves falling into these traps, as you might say. You know, I, I agree more. Is uh, I want to put my business owner hat on for a moment. I got to pay bills. But simple as that. I got to pay bills. How do I make my bills pay when I've got X amount of overhead on salespeople, on production, and and deliverables and leadership team? I still got to pay bills. Is that still a, a right for an owner like me to keep on pushing for that? Or is there a better way? I think it's it's the relationship building, the constant relationship building. And I think, you know, it, you, I find that I get I get a lot of stimulation from that too, right? When I'm connecting with people, especially if I'm building new relationships, I'm finding I it just naturally think things grow and, and expand and, and the business just increases. In a, in a more organic fashion, I think. But sometimes you, it's natural, I think, sometimes to fall into that trap, right? The scarcity trap. Yeah, and uh, it's happened in the past, and I, and then you learn from it, and then you move on, and, you know, you get away from the micromanagement side of things. I think I've gone the whole gamut. I went from micromanaging, but it was the micromanagement. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, it's, it's all bad. I think there's certain situations where if you're mentoring people, a lot, you might need to micromanage them initially to give them so before they get on their own two feet. After a while, then you, once you let go, it's fine. But it, it is, there are situations where you need to do it. Uh, so kind of the idea of show them to fish, then teach them to fish, and then let them fish, right? That Those those ideas. So I, I kind of understand what you're saying there. What in the beginning, I really like, okay, this is how, that's kind of what I was wondering, like as people are talking is like, okay, I think from what I've seen everybody in this group, like we are all wanting the best for the people we work for, with or work under us or, or whatever. I, I, I don't think there's anybody in this group that would think differently. And we want to help others grow. But at the same time, when do we draw the line in the sand and say like, hey, we've tried mentoring. We've tried showing you how to fit, teaching you to fish. We've tried showing you how to fish. Like when do we turn around and say, you know what, this you're not a fisherman. You're not meant to be a fisherman. Maybe maybe that's the question. I don't know. I guess that's what I, I ponder sometimes. Like trying to, you know, help others grow and get the best out of them. And, you know, you know what like he's saying, like, obviously, if you're in business, there is some responsibility on their side to help the company do whatever the company's doing, build widgets or whatever. But like when, when is, I guess the question is, when is enough enough? Or is that a dumb question? A good question. I think it's different for different situations. Um, I don't know whether there's any hard and fast rules as to when is it enough uh, or how much coddling can you do, right? No, no, it's a great question. 
But here's a question. If you don't know when is enough, how do they know it's enough? If you haven't set the, the line that this is where we need to be at, and again, it could be expectations, it could just be a conversation that this is what I'm expecting, this is what we need to get done, when and how, what do you need? As opposed to, you better get it done this way, this is what we need to do by this month. Two different conversations. Totally different. And one allows for control and one allows for creativity. Yeah. And that's where I think a big chunk of the micromanagement component, I get it. I have to pay bills. I have to go through that too. But, and from when I was in sales and I was micromanaged, those relationships that I was trying to build to grow the business were not natural because you're constantly playing the quota numbers, right? I got to do this. I got to sell this. I got to keep my job. I got to, you know, I have to make my commission. I have to this, I have to this, I have to this, I have to this. So I'm just going to go out and I'm just going to sell. I don't give, I, there, you, you hit a point where the relationship begins to not matter because you're, you're so you're, you're choking on numbers the whole time and, and what you're being told to do and how to do it and what the expectation of it is. And then you're being managed through it the entire time. If you have communicated clearly what the expectations are and you have gone through your three learning principles of, I'll show you how to do it. I'll watch you how to do it. Now I want you to go out and do it and come back to me when you have questions, if that's their learning style and they're not learning it, that individual and yourself should be able to just be able to reflect on that and just say, either I didn't teach you how to fish the way that you need to learn how to fish, or this is not the right pond to be fishing in. One of the two needs to happen, right? But when, when you're forced and you're, you're constantly choking on a manager that's telling you, or you are the manager, and there will be people out there that have zero clue, right? If they're aware or not, have zero clue that they're the manager causing the problem. We have to have that conversation because as soon as you remove creativity from relationship building, you're, you're just forcing sales onto somebody else that may not be ready for it, or really you're not the right salesperson for them. Yeah. Again, empowerment, appreciation, leading, coaching is what I'm hearing. You know, as you said something about drives you when you're just building relationships and connections. But I think it drives and builds everything when you have a good relationship. We have our coach, Mark Gordon, who focuses just on relationship building. Right, Mark? This relates to family as well, doesn't it? What came to mind as people were talking there is just, you know, are we are we people-centric or are we outcome-centric? And, and if we're outcome-centric alone, and then we discard people. I've seen over and over where when the relationship is authentic and and you genuinely care about your people and you want to see them succeed, they'll perform far above any other, the person you try and micromanage and, and babysit. So uh, I think it was, can't remember who it was. I think it was Simon Sinek, but somebody recently, I heard a quote saying, you know, hire slow and fire fast. If they're not a fit, they're not a fit, but if they are a fit, it'd be people centric. If, I think for me the, that it comes down to authentic relationship. I agree, Rand, with Randall there that you know if we're just if it's not a, if we're just building a relationship to sell something so that we can make money and the company can make money, it loses the value. Now I understand business and e-commerce. You have to there is a drive to it, but I think that in my opinion, in today's economy in today's world, that that has become far too great and too damaging for people. And I think that's why we're seeing a great resignation because people are not putting up with it anymore. And, uh, and so it's shifting. So I, I think uh, relationship wins always, but I might be biased. 
Well, you know, Mark, I, I, I appreciate you saying that, but you, you did say something right now. You just said, if your company is just about selling widgets and that's all you care about, that's okay. If those are your core values and that's all you care about is making money, share that with your team and hire based on that only. People who just want to make money and they don't care about a relationship, well, they're probably doing relationships on the other side. But if yeah. you're if you're this nice, gentle person who wants to coach and help people all the time, and all of a sudden you put this hat on about scarcity, saying, I need to push you to get sales, well, that's misaligning your values. Yeah. And it shows and it hurts people on the way because you've hired people that have the same values of what you have, but now you're not living your values and they're all confused yeah. because you're in a survival state. Yeah, exactly. And we go through this a lot with our with the people that we work with. Yeah, when things change, their personality changes, their values are being misaligned. And when those those are misaligned, the team is just not sure what's happening. It well, goes back down to leadership. That's why awareness is such an advantage, right? When you're aware and your people are aware, you're going to move in the same direction. So I think it's very important to understand that and then hire accordingly. So if, if that is, if you just want to sell widgets and make money, then buy a bunch of energizers. Don't don't buy a peacemaker. Don't hire peacemakers. You know, when you're coming back to the blind spot. That's why the blind spot assessment is so valuable as well to companies. You can really start to understand which, it's not just getting people on the bus, it's getting them in the right seats. Yeah. Where's their passion? What are they passionate about? I don't know, Sue, if I'm wrong or right, but you've been coming on here for a while now and boy are you ever in a different spot even on linkedin your presentation your your whole confidence has changed and i think part of that is because you're feeling valued and you like what you're doing and you're having success at it and that's that's there is a great example of the difference before she was micromanaged and then or broken promises and it was all about what this but they make you do that whenever there's confusion like that it's people don't know what's expected of them. And I think that's when you start to see people not performing. Great conversation, Mark. Thanks for the input there. I love to hear other people's perspective about appreciation, expectation, leaning, coaching, or even scarcity mindset. What what occurs for you when that happens? You sure hang on to things. <laughs> scarcity. I live scarcity. And you, like I sure feel like I must hold on to everything and hold it close because they don't know when I'm going to get another one. All the way down to the micro of it, of meals, you know, finishing everything on my plate because I'm not sure when the next meal is going to come. You know, doing, fitting everything in a day, you don't know if you're going to get another day. I mean, just scarcity is, is, um, I listen to this uh, motivational speech every morning and it says, you know, you've been granted basically another 24 hours and it's a gift. And what are you going to do with that gift? It's a great way to wake up and it's a great way to start your day with kind of appreciation for what you do have. But um, that's what I find when I'm living scarcity is I keep everything, I hold it maybe too tightly and keep it too close. If you are in leadership at any level, from frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time.
For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now, back to the program. So thank you for elaborating what scarcity is about. And some of us may this feel scarcity just about money. It's not. It's about everything in our lives. So I appreciate you saying that. You said something there. Uh, you, re- you listen to the meditation every morning and says, you've got 24 hours left. What are you going to do? One thing I'm going to acknowledge you for is you just chose you for this hour. That's important. You chose yourself. That growing learning for yourself is important. That's huge. So thank you for doing that. I wonder if there's anybody would share, like if you have experienced scarcity, but been able to come out of it, what are some, what are some things that you uh, did or, or, you know, epiphanies you had that helped you lift out of scarcity mindset? Mark, that's a good question. Um, I'd want to add to that first. Do we even know you're in scarcity mindset or are your actions just showing it? And you're not aware of it. I come back to our awareness conversation. The behaviors and patterns of us, is it scarcity? Is it coming from scarcity? You know what I think? I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to bite my tongue because I got an answer for everything. But, um, you know, I think if you think about scarcity, whether it's in relationships, or a lot of it goes back to how you're brought up and how you, you know, learned habits and like all these kinds of things, right? Like if you were told that uh, you're no good your whole life. Well, you're going to, that's harder to overcome than just worrying about, hey, I, I didn't have enough money to pay my bills last week or, or whatever. So I think part of it's learned. And, you know, for those that don't know me, I mean, I'm, I run an IT company. I have 29 employees on a grade 10 education. I always thought I wasn't good enough and I couldn't. Like I'm not smart enough or, or whatever. And I mean, I think just being acknowledged and encouraged, but it goes back to what was said earlier, relationships, right? people encouraging you that, hey, you are a, an okay person. You are, you can do it. Like, just keep pushing through. I think those things are are things that have helped me. And, uh, you know, I think in my world, my biggest uh, supporter has obviously been my wife, who's my business partner. Say, like, we can do this. Let's go. Keep going. And I think that's so important. And, you know, whether you're in a workplace, um, you know, managing people or just working alongside people, I think that's just a really good thing to remember. Like, hey, Who's, who's pushed you up the hill when you couldn't take another step, right? And uh, and can you be that person? I appreciate what Sue said. You know, like today we got, like we, we can choose today to like say, I don't have enough to pay my bills or we can choose today to say like, hey, come hell or high water, I'm going to try and make a difference to somebody in my circle today. Whether that's just, hey, you're doing great. I like you. You're a good dude. Like whatever it is. Like, so I think it's those relationships, comes back to relationships and just being aware, like, hey, I was brought up in this mentality of there's never going to be enough. And, uh, you know, it's just every day choosing, I think is, is maybe the way to said choosing to not accept that, you know, that, that mindset. It, it's about awareness, right? How we were brought up and being aware of it. Let's uh, sort of bring the bottom line that. And yet be aware that that's the past. And additionally, the pattern recognition, being able to know that that's the past, but knowing that where that stems from and how it keeps consistently finding its way into your life and being able to look, nope, that's where it was. That's where it needs to stay. Yeah. I think um, that, you know, that putting it behind you, your past, and then just taking the lessons from your past sometimes takes effort. It takes courage to, to, to let that 
that experience go, right? Um, and then and then to move forward and to to take abundance and to think, you know, in a different way. Sometimes it's it's a big struggle to do that. And I think I went, I did go through that, but once I let go of the experiences and I was able to take the relationships and the memories of the relationships and the lessons I learned moving forward, then I was free of that uh, burden of of uh, of scarcity. Scarcity, I think. But it does take time, for sure. Well, it's like for vulnerability and, and the growth that you've done, you know, we all here, and I say all of us, are naturally creative, resourceful, and cold. Every single one of us, unfortunately, crap got in our way. Stories, actions, behaviors, things that said to us got in the way and we started questioning ourselves. Let's go back to who we are, the kind, gentle, whole, creative, resourceful, whole people. And we have the opportunity to live life the way we want to. Make the choices. That's right. 100%. I think uh, it's a very liberating feeling, right? Once, you, once you've gone to that point. But that the, the struggle to get there is is a tough one. It's, I think sometimes you will have episodes that you regress a little bit. Uh, or or you, you, you come across a, another mindset that you have to work with. And that has that scarcity mindset, and then you might have, but I mean, it, it enables us to relate as well. That's a big deal because you've been through it. Uh, I think that's a, that's a positive aspect of it, and I find that that helps a lot that I'm able to relate to people that I mentor if they're going through that same situation of scarcity, and it changes everything once you, I think, once you evolve from that. Going back to my comment a little while ago is. Sometimes we don't know we're in that mindset. We're not aware of it. Our actions are just normal for us. Getting aware of it is huge. I want to take this conversation just back a bit how it started. It was Sue who said about relationships and micromanaging and pushing forward of not pushing in a bad way to build relationships. Dr. Gabor Matei, he works with addiction and depression and anxiety. And he goes... Every human being yearns and seeks connection. Without deep connection, it could lead to depression, anxiety, addiction. And when he said that, and I read that, and I, can't remember, I can't remember whether I read it or I heard him on a YouTube. That one really hit me. Is that if we're searching for connections and we're not getting it, what's it actually doing to us? Put this back into the business world. I know for a fact, every time I've gone into a scarcity mindset, knowingly or not unknowingly, I have to remind myself, Ricky, go meet people. You love meeting people. Just go meet people. And all of a sudden, for some reason, damn it, business turns around. And it's never failed. Never. And I can say, I know we're not supposed to use absolutes, but I can say it's never failed. Pick up the phone or go see somebody. It may not be that person who's giving me business, but my mindset changed. I am worthy. I am connectable. I like people. Let me just get that energy going again. But if there's somebody behind me pushing me and saying, okay, how was that meeting? Did you get, get a client? That's not helping me build that connection. And I think that's what you're trying to say, right, Sue, is that you want to just go out there and meet and talk to people and then get acknowledged for doing that and help you, guide you through the conversation. Maybe that meeting you had 
could move to a next step. Maybe you're not doing it the right way. Maybe something is, maybe you need some hot help. Helping you as opposed to telling you and asking questions is what you're saying. So just, yeah, I wanted to reaffirm that connection and relationships are huge, even in, when you're dealing with scarcity. I think the other question, and I like what you said, Licky, but I think the other question is also, what did I learn, right? So, I mean, we go out and we make that connection and we are trying to sell the widget or sell the plan or sell the whatever it is, you know, or not sell anything at all. But if the connection didn't work out or if the the, the point of, of what you're trying to get across didn't come across, what did you learn? What can you take away to refine and to improve or to reduce the the garble of information that you toss out at somebody? Yeah. Learning, learning, learning. So is there a tie in between this conversation and micromanaging? Yeah. What is it? What's the tie in? How do we how do we help our micromanagers? I think the bridge between micromanaging and scarcity is insecurity. Insecurity will cause scarcity, but it also will take you towards micromanaging then. So it's a, it's a bridge that gets you over to micromanaging. And I, I also believe that insecurity creates, um, yeah, I often say, if you show me the most arrogant person in the room, I'll show you the most insecure. Arrogance is not confidence. So there's a big difference. So I, I guess what I see it, it insecurity quite often is at the root of it. So how did I discover I had a scarcity mindset as I was comparing myself to others all the time. I'd get insecure when I was around leaders and, in my field and and I and I, I couldn't figure out why I why am I insecure? <laughs> and and so when I was insecure I would have to try and posture or I'd, I'd, or I'd disappear on wallflower. And and uh, I had to learn that actually um, there was no cause for insecurity in that case. No, no one in the room could be me. Just like I could not be anyone in the room. <laughs> so when I started to realize that I was comparing, I had comparitis, then I realized that is a scarcity mindset because I don't think I'm as good as the next person or I can't do what the next person does. What I've come to realize is what I need to do is just really be comfortable and sit in what I'm really good at. And I am not compared to imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome would be another sign, a scarcity mindset. Because if you can't be yourself, you have to be somebody else, or you think you're not good enough, then that would be a scarcity mindset. I'm not good enough. I think, you know, for me, what helped me get past that was to start to build confidence and to build confidence in who I was, not what I did. And once I realized, I, I, I came to the conclusion that my purpose in life was to be an encourager. So that's where I have confidence is to encourage people. I could do that in a variety of fields. I could be selling widgets or I could be, I could be, um, you know, a relationship coach. It doesn't matter. Uh, as long as every single day, my my economy is how much have I encouraged today? Because that's my purpose. That's who I am. That's where I have confidence. And because of that, I didn't have to be the next person. I actually started to be grateful for the next person who carried something else, another purpose. Incredibly grateful. I, I can guarantee you, I would have been very intimidated by Licky a few years ago. And now I can call him friend and, and mentor. I have no problem saying, 
Licky's taught me a ton. And and he's helped actually even elevate me out of like momentary momentarily uh scarcity mindset. Remember, sometimes it comes, you know, it's it's never just over, right? <laughs> You're always having to manage that. And so, but he's helped me many times like in the past, I would have been so insecure I wouldn't have been able to listen or hear him. Love you too, Mark, and I appreciate you. Yeah. You said something, I want to just bring that up a bit. Talk about having confidence. Confidence comes within. However, there's an and however an and to that. Hearing the little bits and pieces that people say you're good and acknowledging you has to really land so that you can start digging within. Yes, and that I think you hit right on the the a main point that's important to point out is that when I was in, in my scarcity mindset, somebody could compliment me, and it would I'd brush it off. It would just like roll off somehow. It wasn't until I started to shift into this this new way of thinking. Now I can receive compliments. I can receive affirmation, and it actually feeds the confidence. Whereas before, it would reject it. And it wouldn't allow confidence to grow. And so remember, uh, you know, pride manifests either puffs up or it covers up, right? So, um, you know, so pride would start to rise up, comparison, uh, judgment, uh, you know, uh, oh, look at who they think they are. You know, like you start to think those things and say them out loud. So I think you bring up a really good point, Licky, is that is that might be another sign for you. If you have a difficult time receiving compliments or affirmation, you might have a scarcity mindset at play. And we're living an old narrative, right? I live the narrative of, I'm not good enough because I'm a high school dropout. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I, well, I would see huge. I mean, I've got a grade eight education and, and, uh, and I understand exactly what he was saying. I heard my whole life that I wasn't, that was an accident. I shouldn't have been born. I wasn't or, why are you here on this earth? Not so, uh, and so you you do those narratives are not easily, but yeah, that principle of disbursement. You've got to put in the affirmation, you know, put in that, you know, some of those. You got to start believing. I would say believe it. Uh, don't fake it till you make it. Believe it. Uh, declare it until you believe it. Believe it until you practice it. Practice it until you know it. Sounds like a lot of work, Mark. <laughs> Simple, not easy. (laughs) If you are in leadership at any level, from frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now, back to the program. You know, I heard a, I heard a guy talk one time, and he was a multi-gazillionaire kind of guy, and he said that every morning what he would do is, as he was shaving in the morning or brushing his teeth or whatever, he would look at himself in the mirror, and he would look in his own eyes, and he'd say, you are healthy, and you're wealthy, and you're wise. And that's always his mantra for like 40 years, and he became healthy and wealthy and wise. So it's a mindset, like encouraging yourself that, hey, you can do this. You got it. Like whatever whatever you're struggling with, like today, you got it today, right? And Mark, I just wanted to say, I really do appreciate everything you've said because you know you are an encourager. Every time 
you say something, I get encouragement. So good job. Thanks for doing that. I had that exact experience. I was at a national board meeting recently. Um, I was elected to this board. I've never sat on a, a national board before. I've been on a local board of directors. <clears throat> I worried that I would have nothing to say, like no good input that and questioning myself, how did, how did I get here? These guys are going to think I'm dumb. And, uh, and yet I found that there was a couple places where I was able to bring kind of the experiences that I've had and, and the positions that I've held and say, because I don't think anybody was in sales there. And our goal is to increase membership. And, and so I was like, you know, hey, we should do this. And, and people actually listened and asked questions and it, and it got on the action list. And I was like, wow, look at that. <laughs> people listened. I was able to say something that people, you know, actually like. I was all impressed. <laughs> Happened twice. You have so much value to give and just allowing that space. And, and so uh, I think as Mark said this earlier, we from this side of the screen have seen that transformation occur and it's been incredible. So I hope you hear those words and just as Mark says, start living it now. And it's been beautiful to see that. I feel it like all the way from the inside out. Um, my entire world is different and it's fabulous. And that was my decision in 2023 that I wasn't going to, you know, my uh, tape that I listened to in the morning, it says, uh, you have 24 hours to forgive, um, to want the things that you have been given and to kind of handle the things that you've been given that you didn't want and accept it, right? And uh, yeah, 2023 is my year. Awesome. Working with a client right now and uh, working on limiting beliefs, working through uh, imposter syndrome, all these little things that we, you know, we all have. One of the things that we talked about was becoming a high performer. He's got some big ambitious goals, 10x of you know his company and being a scratch golfer and all that kind of stuff. And um, we were working together for a few months now, and I said, "How's your golf game?" I treated it getting better. I said, "Oh, Ruth, are you taking lessons? Are you practicing? Was I go and play? Taking lessons? No. It's interesting. I had to make him realize that he's getting out of his own head." to play better golf, and he couldn't see that. And the example I used was, you know, our favorite golf player, Tiger Woods, right? An incredible golfer. Why did his golf game go nuts or bad? Because of his head. It wasn't his game. And that's the difference between our behavior on a daily basis. We are incredible people. We can do anything we set our minds to. It's just our minds that get in the way of doing it. And as leaders, it's our minds that get in the way of inspiring others. We want the best for them. I know we do. Especially the people that are here. We want the best for our teams. 
but it's just our minds getting the best of us. Either we're not good enough or they're not good enough. Well, bo we're both good enough. We just don't allow that space. The question back is, damn it, you guys are all here. It's the people that aren't here who need the help. <laughs> Do you feel you're all good enough? I think I saw one head kind of go this way. Just a bit. Can we reframe that? Is that the right question? Am I good enough? I think the question is, am I valuable enough? Because mm. I can always improve on even on my, my best parts of me. I can still always build and, and get better at what I do in terms of skills and whatnot. And so am I good enough? Uh, I'm good enough for the level I'm performing at right now. But if I want to perform higher, then I would say I'm not good enough right now for what, you know, where I want to be. But am I valuable enough? Yes. Regardless of where I'm at. I was, you know, excellence. We can't, there's no such thing as perfection. That's a fool's, that's a fool's journey. Um, but, but excellence is doing the best you can with what you have. And I think, I think that, that by that description, I'm valuable. I'm good enough. But I believe I can get better, and I'm, I'm striving to do that. You know that, Licky. I want to, certainly, I want to do better. And, you know, I could ask the question, well, is scarcity mindset holding me back? Or is comfort holding me back? Because I'm pretty comfortable in my, what I'm doing. I don't know what it is, but there's something that needs to shift if I want to go to the next level. So, I know that, I just throw that out there. I think the question is, I think we're going to start, am I valuable enough? And the, the answer to that is yes, each one of you is valuable enough. And build off that rather than performance. Mark, you said something there about you want to do more and what's stopping you from being, I think you said use the words better or something. And I what it was. I'm going to challenge you on that. You're exactly where you need to be. It's, you want to just go help more people. Yeah. And create a different impact. But you're good enough to do it. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of came to the conclusion recently that oh, you might slaughter me for this, but I came to the conclusion recently that, like I'm really good and comfortable and confident in what I do well, but everything that surrounds it to expand it, I suck at. <laughs> Sales, marketing, all you know, like uh, you know, business. The business part of it, if you will, is not my forte, but. So I guess that's what I mean, right? Like I can get, I can build and get better at that by building skills in the areas that would expand the message. And I think that's what I meant when I said I want to do better. I, I, I think the message I carry is very important. It just doesn't seem to get out far enough. And so I don't know. So maybe I hope that clarity helps. Maybe it makes it worse. I don't know. Surround yourself with people who can do what you don't want to do. And doesn't have to be full-time staff. Could be friends, colleagues crystal EAs, whatever it takes, because there's no point doing stuff that you don't want to do, you don't like doing. Yeah, I agree. That, that I've always said that. Surround yourself with your weaknesses. But uh, yes, that, it, so I'm going to, that's what I'm working on right now. Love it. In the next five minutes, let's come up with some ideas on how we can help people around us or identify the people around us 
that they're pushing us to a place that we don't want to be pushed into? How do we guide them? And this is related to you, Sue, because you're saying that you're being pushed around in sales and the, uh, the pressures. What are some of the ideas we can ask, give to Sue? And all of us, I think it's, I, I use Sue because she gave the example, but this is all of us here is that if people around us are not, are pushing us to a limit, how do we kindly, gently coach them not to be like that with us? I think being, just being authentic with them and, uh, sharing your, sharing our, um, our true strengths as annual. We know ourselves best, so we can we say this is what we're really, really good at. This is our sweet spot, and here's where here's what we're gonna focus on, and and these peripheral things we're gonna need. I'm gonna need your help with to balance out those skills. Basically, just authenticity. I think be real, be raw, vulnerable. Mm. Remember, vulnerability is a weakness. They may feel that. That's on them. It's been, let's be real. Add one word thing. I used to tell my kids when they were teenagers, the more you tell me, the less I'll ask. Sometimes that helps too, just to communicate up, uh, you know, letting them know what your strategy is. Because if they don't understand why you're taking a little longer to f close the sale, they're just going on what they know how to do things. So sometimes just sharing your strategy can keep the micromanaging off of your shoulders. I think what comes to mind for me is like, just be open-minded about, you know, especially in a sales role. Like we go out there, we've got our product, A, B, C, D, E, close. Like maybe there's, um, you know, be open-minded. Maybe there's another way to, to skin the cat or however you want to see that. So, you know, if we're just close-minded, this is the way it's going to go. You know, that's going to be lead, I think, to limiting things because, you know, every time we get a no, that's going to say, oh, crap, that's, you know, I'm not, I am not good enough, right? So very open-minded, open to new ideas. I think that's helpful. I think to add to that, Steve, and what I've heard through lots of this last few minutes is trust. Trust yourself, trust your team, trust your management, have those communication um, components communicate up only to a certain degree. If you're not, if, if you're being micromanaged or, or whatnot, there's, there's a level of mistrust in that, or you're not going to do it the way I told you, lack of control that communicating up isn't always going to get you what you want, but trust that you're giving them the right information and trust your people, trust you put the right people in the right place. If they're not, they'll, they'll let you know. Bang. And when all else fails, tell them Licky said to leave me alone. <laughs> No, no, you, no, you just say, just go talk to Licky. That's all you have to say. <laughs> Send them the link to the, the leader uh, awareness advantage. Exactly. Actually, it's for a coworker of mine. I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, one of my coaches actually said this to me a little while, a long time ago, and he said, money is just a flow. It comes in, it goes out. What you do in the middle of it is up to you. The money going out, you need to control how it comes in. If we're afraid to let it go, we're afraid to let it in. Then he used the analogy of love. He goes, you can give as much as love as you want, but if you don't know how to bring it in, you're not giving the right kind of love out. And that really resonated with me. I like to use the financial explanation of the revenues and expenses. If you want to net zero or make money, you need to either increase revenue or decrease expenses. Usually most people go to 
decreasing expenses because they think they've tried every avenue. But either way, in order to to get somewhere, you need to increase one and decrease another. Yeah, flow. The concept of flow is a big deal in both situations, money or any other resource. Really, can't give what you don't have. Yeah. So can you say that again? Um, Mark? Yeah, you can't give what you don't have. Yes, that's true. That's why the flow is important. Yeah. Receive. Bob Bird, my my mentor and coach, says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. The key to effective giving is staying open to receiving. Yeah. I didn't learn how to be a good giver until I learned how to be a good receiver. So, you know, it's interesting. What I can say is that all of you here are ready to receive. That's why you're here. You're receiving for yourself. This is a growth kind for yourself. This is, I need to invest in myself so that I can invest on others. Just think of that. Like you're committed to doing something and most of you are here every Thursday morning and you're committed to that. That means you're committed to others. I acknowledge and appreciate every single one of you for doing that. I'll leave us with just a little bit of encouragement. Actually, this week, before next Thursday, why don't you track your receptiveness, your receiving, and your output, your giving, and just see where they collate. Kind of track even like journal how where, you know, today I received, you know, encouragement or I received love or I received money, whatever it is, and then directly look at, oh, then the next day I gave out or vice versa, like to start tracking the flow and seeing, see where it comes from and where it's going. And you might start to have some hints on how to multiply it because what we do by accident has value, but what we do with intention has greater results. And so sometimes we discover things just by accident, but if we actually look and watch the flow, and trap the flow, you'll start to see that where the flow is happening. And then you can do it with intention. I love that, Mark. Give yourself a challenge. So here's a challenge for you. What did I say about two minutes ago to all of you? I acknowledge all of you for investing in yourselves. There, did you all receive that? I appreciate all of you. Did you receive that? There is a chat, there's a there's a subtle compliment appreciation to all of you. And these are the things that happen to us on an ongoing basis and we don't hear them. So you get, you have your first diary entry right now. That's what your point I think is Licky. We have our first diary input, it received. I received encouragement from Licky that I was in, I've positioned myself to receive and it feels good that I'm investing in myself. There's your first diary entry. Now watch where it will flow out. Yeah. You have to give yourself credit. I think giving giving yourself giving ourselves credit for that and accepting that graciously is a is is the thing. Perfect. You're all awesome. I'm going to make sure we're all on time. Nine o'clock, top of the hour. Love you all. We'll see you next Thursday and every Thursday after that. Thank you for listening to the Awareness Advantage Podcast, brought to you weekly by the leadership team at Blind Spots Global a multinational, multicultural leadership development organization specializing in transforming managers who are good at getting stuff done 
into great leaders who can influence and inspire others to achieve their best. If you have not yet subscribed, please do so now so you will never miss an episode. If you would like to join our live virtual studio audience and participate in the conversations, visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. We hope to see you there.